Hello and welcome. My name is Paul Horsters and I'm your podcast host for today. This podcast episode is brought to you by the GIZ Global Project Inclusion of Persons with Disabilities in cooperation with GIZ Ghana, GIZ Mexico and the international NGO Sightsavers. GIZ is an international service provider working to shape a future worth living around the world. Today, we're going to talk about financial inclusion. One point three billion persons with disabilities are widely excluded from accessing financial products and services. The great majority of those being women with disabilities. Wait, what? You may be asking yourself, what is financial inclusion and why is it important? Just imagine yourself not having access to a bank account or to PayPal or to a credit that you need to buy a house. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let us start from the beginning. Stick with us today and I'm sure you will enjoy the conversation and leave with very important takeaways from our experts on this topic. This podcast episode was developed to shed some light on the results of the first activities on financial inclusion of persons with disabilities implemented by GIZ and its partners. Persons with disabilities belong to the largest unbanked population globally. At the same time, financial access can yield enormous economic benefits for these target groups. To bring some experience to the table, we have invited three great experts. First, it is my pleasure to welcome Ana de la Vega Nunes from GIZ Mexico. Ana works in a project dealing with financing for social inclusion and sustainable development. Hey, Ana, good to have you here. Thanks, Paul. The pleasure is mine. Looking forward to this episode. Then, I'm happy that we have another GIZ expert here from GIZ Ghana. Mary Azare works for the private and financial sector support program in Accra, Ghana. Mary, nice to see you. How are you? I am doing well. Thanks, Paul. It's good to be here. Last but not least, it is my pleasure to welcome Sheru Muo, who is a research associate at the international NGO Sightsavers, working in Nairobi, Kenya. Hey, Sheru. So good to have you here. Would you mind sharing with our listeners just a sentence on what Sightsavers actually is? Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. Sightsavers is an international organization that works in more than 30 low- and middle-income countries while partnering with local and international organizations as well as governments. Sightsavers' vision is a world where no one is blind from avoidable causes and people with disabilities participate equally in society. Thanks a lot, Shiru. Before we go on, let me add a quick disclaimer. The views presented here are personal perceptions of the speakers and do not necessarily represent the opinion of GIZ. All right, let's go back to the start now. Today we are talking about financial inclusion. What is that? Well, financial inclusion refers to the ability of individuals and businesses to access and use financial services that meet their needs, are affordable and convenient. This includes a range of financial products and services such as savings accounts, credit, insurance, and payment systems. Financial inclusion is important because it can help to reduce poverty, 
promote economic growth and enhance social welfare. Women are particularly relevant in the context of financial inclusion because they often face greater barriers to accessing financial services than men. These barriers can include culture and social norms that restrict their mobility and decision-making power. Legal and regulatory frameworks can also be barriers if they discriminate against women. Women are also more likely to be employed in the informal sector where they may not have access to formal financial services. Financial inclusion can help to address some of these barriers by providing women with the tools they need to manage their finances, invest in their businesses, and build financial resilience. For example, access to credit can help women to start to grow their business. Savings accounts can provide a safe place to store and grow their money. Financial inclusion can also help to empower women by giving them greater control over their own finances. This can improve their overall well-being and contribute to greater gender equality. Pooh, that was a lot of talking on my side. I'm sure you would like to know how that links to personal disabilities. Maybe we can ask Anna from GZ Mexico. Anna, your program launched a study on disability inclusion in the financial sector earlier this year. Can you tell us why it is important to take up such an issue? As you may know, the Leave No One Behind principle of the 2030 Agenda states that economic development and social well-being should benefit all people, calling for special attention to address population groups that have been historically excluded. Besides, our country, Mexico, holds a national financial inclusion policy, which specifically incorporates amongst its objectives and strategies the increase of accessibility to the financial system for people in vulnerable situations. So in this sense, from the 2030 Agenda Initiative Program, we commissioned a study in collaboration with the National Banking and Securities Commission of Mexico on challenges and recommendations for the financial inclusion of people with disabilities. The main source of information for the study were experiences gathered from interviews to people with different disabilities, visual, mental, motor, hearing. We identified barriers mainly on the supply side from lack of sign language interpreters, lack of braille materials, challenges associated with the use of biometric data in crucial processes, the ongoing updates and changes in mobile apps, lack of staff sensitivity, and even physical barriers in entering buildings or approaching branches. The study also contains an evaluation of the accessibility of diverse websites and mobile banking apps that operate in Mexico under the methodology of the Web Content Accessibility, Accessibility Guidelines. The results allowed to identify areas of opportunity that banks can take advantage of and improve with relative ease, but it also helps to formulate recommendations that financial authorities can consider when formulating regulation and inclusion policies to improve accessibility of the financial, financial system. So on the one hand, actions aimed at the financial inclusion of people with disabilities contribute to the achievement of the LNOB principle while promoting fairer and less unequal societies. On the other hand, improvements in accessibility for people with disabilities can also increase the demand for financial products by people with disabilities. 
fostering competitive advantages amongst public and private financial institutions by capturing a commonly ignored market and hiding higher levels of customer satisfaction. But of course, the main point for this is dignifying people with disabilities' role as economically active people who face multiple barriers in accessing and using finance, financial products. We need to make sure that people with disabilities can make safe and efficient use of financial products without jeopardizing their privacy and autonomy. At the end, an inclusive financial system must take into account the diversity of conditions of people with disabilities and involve all the people who collaborate in banking institutions, from those who provide direct customer services to those who update information on websites and mobile banks. We all want to ensure the right to equal access to financial services on equal terms to leave no one behind. This is very interesting. Thanks a lot, Anna. I know that Anna's program in Mexico is not the only GIZ program who commissioned a study about this topic. Another GIZ program in Ghana did something similar. This program is in sustainable economic development. Mary, could you tell us first and how far your findings from the study were similar to the one just highlighted by Anna? If you may, you could also then give us a little more context about the range of activities you do in Ghana. Thanks a lot. Sure. Our work on financial inclusion of persons with disabilities here in Ghana is actually a cooperation between the GIZ Global Project Inclusion of Persons with Disabilities and the financial systems development component of the GIZ program Private and Financial Sector Support, PFS. We commissioned a study similar to the one Anna just highlighted, but with a focus on Ghana. The specific objective of the study was to produce an analytical report on the status of access to digital and financial services and products for PWDs in Ghana. Some of the key findings from the study established was that though there are digital and analog financial services available in Ghana, they are not tailored specifically to meet the needs of PWDs, especially women. PWDs generally have no or limited income that affects their demand for financial products and services. There are no policies or directives from regulators of financial services on PWDs. Therefore, regulators have indicated their readiness to partner with relevant organizations to achieve this. And there are both digital and analog tools that can be reworked to serve the needs of clients, including women who are PWDs. Now, these key findings was placed in a report and distributed to key stakeholders in the financial sector and disability organizations. And it is our hope that these findings will aid to improve their well-being and provide access to tailored products and services for PWDs. Apart from the study, we are also undertaking other activities. So, for example, we are engaging stakeholders through an advisory committee to drive changes in the industry. These stakeholders range from banks to political representatives and civil society organizations working on disability inclusion. Last year in May 2022, we also implemented the first ever GIZ hackathon on digital innovations for financial inclusion with a focus on persons with disabilities. 
Finally, there are activities underway to train persons with disabilities in financial literacy. This links nicely to trainings we have done in the past for other marginalized groups. Wow, thanks Mary. This is super interesting. From what I can see, you are the first year that project with such extensive activities in this field of work. What I'm excited to hear now is in how far this is similar or different to the activities undertaken by the team of the international NGO Sightsavers in Ghana. Shiru, thanks for taking the time today. Would you mind sharing some information about your work in Kenya? Thanks a lot, Paul. Our work on financial inclusion of persons with disabilities here in Kenya is financed by the German Ministry of Economic Cooperation and Development, or BMZ, through the GIZ Global Project on Inclusion of Persons with Disabilities. Let me say that the activities here in Kenya are in many ways quite similar to the ones undertaken in Ghana. In collaboration with Kenyan institutions including Kenyatta University, the United Disabled Persons of Kenya, or UDPK, and the Association of Microfinance Institutions of Kenya, or AMFI Kenya, we conducted research between April and September of 2022 with three main objectives. The first one was to assess through existing literature how people with disabilities access or are excluded from the formal financial sector in sub-Saharan Africa. Secondly, we wanted to understand how formal financial institutions perceive the design and use of their products and services by people with disabilities in Kenya. This was addressed by doing in-depth interviews with representatives from financial institutions in two counties, that is, Migori in western Kenya and the capital Nairobi. The last objective was to understand how people with disabilities have experienced or perceived the accessibility of different products and services available in the Kenyan market. Here, we conducted focus group discussions involving people with different disabilities of different genders and from low-income areas in Migori and Nairobi. After the research, we conducted workshops with research participants and other stakeholders to validate and disseminate findings as well as develop solutions to some of the identified challenges. Our research report on financial inclusion for people with disabilities in Kenya will soon be available online. Impressive. Thanks a lot, Shegu. What I am interested in now is to understand why this topic is especially relevant for women with disabilities and how far you consider the gender aspect in your work. Thanks, Paul. Looking at gender is very important because for a long time, women have been left out of decision-making processes regarding finances because traditionally it was seen as a man's role to handle or control money. In the area of disability, Research has shown that women are more likely to become disabled in their lifetime than men. That is why women are not left out in our research. Through our rapid review of literature, we encountered the Global Findex Database of 2021, which showed that 78% of men and 74% of women had an account, which is a gender gap of 4 percentage points worldwide. However, in developing economies, the gap was wider by 6 percentage points, where 74% of men and only 68% of women had an account. The qualitative field research confirmed high awareness and utility of digital channels among people with disabilities. This included internet banking, mobile banking, such as the use of apps and mobile money transactions, as well as automated teller machines or ATMs. People with disabilities found these channels convenient, flexible, 
and they help to avoid negative attitudes from staff working in financial institutions since their disabilities could not be seen. On the other hand, they did report that some of these channels were inaccessible, especially for people with visual impairment. A report by the GSMA Connected Women Program showed that even though mobile phones had the potential of providing life-changing benefits, women with disabilities were being digitally excluded since they had the lowest rates of mobile ownership and were less likely to be aware of and use mobile internet. From the field research, it was clear that most financial institutions interviewed, which were predominantly microfinance institutions, were unaware of the proportion of their clients that had disabilities, and therefore they could not break this down by gender. These institutions were also unaware of how to support people with disabilities, for example, how to communicate with people with hearing impairments, how to assist people with mobility impairments in accessing different products and services, and even how to market or adapt products and services to clients with visual impairments. As a result, people with disabilities reported feeling discriminated against, stigmatized, and even stereotyped by financial institution staff. A few people with disabilities even avoided financial institutions entirely and resorted to keeping their money in their houses or remained focused on chamas, which are informal savings and investment groups common in Kenya. With funding from GIZ, Sightsavers conducted disability confidence training to the Association of Microfinance Institutions of Kenya, one bank, and one microfinance institution to raise awareness on barriers experienced by people with disabilities and how to build an inclusive workforce. The training, which was delivered virtually and through in-person sessions to different cadres of staff, followed a curriculum of disability fundamentals and unconscious bias training. In total, we reached over 100 staff who learned concepts on disability inclusion, disability-appropriate language, inclusive communication, among other topics. These sessions were well attended and appreciated, and we hope to get additional support to conduct more training. Another finding was that people with disabilities found that the loans available in the market were not suitable for them, especially since they were doubly disadvantaged, being from low-income areas and with disabilities. They reported that these loans had stringent requirements, short repayment periods, high interest rates, and very tough measures were imposed on those who could not repay in time. Through the research and subsequent follow-up workshops, people with disabilities recommended financial institutions either adapt existing products and services or design products more suitable for them. With funding from JZ, Sightsavers, in partnership with a microfinance institution, developed a loan product targeting specifically women with disabilities in Western Kenya. This innovative product, which is being implemented through Sightsavers' USAID-funded Global Labor Program, is characterized by a reduced interest rate and a longer repayment period, which we believe will be beneficial to the target clients. The loan product will finance the first cycle of loans to 100 female retailers with disabilities and will leverage the residual balance to underwrite or de-risk the loans of 100 female retailers with disabilities over a three-year period. We hope that this will demonstrate a return on investment to other financial institutions and even act as evidence that can be used as an advocacy recommendation to government. Thanks, Shehu. I think this gives us some insights. Mary. And how far can you relate to what Shiru pointed out? How is the situation in Ghana? Well, first of all, let me say that I agree with Shiru on the relevance of women with disabilities having access to their own bank accounts and credits 
to be protected from vulnerabilities through microinsurance. While persons with disabilities are among the largest unbanked population in the world, I think women with disabilities are even more affected. Our program works on financial literacy for women and girls since August 2021. We try to incorporate the topic for an example by encouraging women to apply for the hackathon and then selected women as participants. In fact, a hearing impaired girl was one of the winners of the hackathon. I think if they are given the opportunity, women and girls with disability in this country can achieve a lot. Gender equality is a goal in itself, but it is also a prerequisite and driving force for viable, sustainable development. GIZ promotes gender equality and seeks to eliminate gender-specific disadvantages and discrimination. We collaborate and infuse many gender and inclusion activities. Some of our activities in the field of gender include International Day for Women and Gender Week, Diversity Day, Menstrual Action Day, International Men's Day, because the men are not left behind, 16 Days of Action Against Gender-Based Violence, International Day for Persons with Disabilities. Now, regarding the special relevance of the topic of financial inclusion for women with disabilities, I think it is safe to say that these women are subject to intersectional discrimination. That means they are discriminated against because women are discriminated against in the financial sector, as Sheru has pointed out. On top, these women are discriminated against by physical and digital barriers to financial services and products. That can mean that the ATM is not accessible, that the staff is not trained to deal with hearing impaired people, for an example, or that the online banking is not accessible to people with visual impairments. These two structural discriminations add up and provide a unique situation with various structural, attitudinal, and physical barriers. The paradox of this situation is that they are ones that could benefit most from access to financial services and products. Thanks so much, Mary, Sheru and Anna for coming in today to share your perspectives. Wow, this was a lot of valuable information. I'm very happy that for the first time, this topic is discussed within GIZ based on actual implementation experiences. So thanks for coming in today, dear experts. And thanks a lot to you as well, dear audience, for checking in today. My name is Paul Hostes, and this podcast was brought to you by the GIZ Global Project Inclusion of Persons with Disabilities in cooperation with GIZ Ghana, GIZ Mexico, and the international NGO Sightsavers. Have a good day and see you soon.